once thick tree calves exposed by a rare skirt planted in the yellow grass behind me. Brave baby days, sweet sixteen. Me, still miniature, my face aglow with birthday candles, my shirt too tight over breasts that had gone D-cup that year, comic book-sized on my tiny frame, ridiculous, porny. I'd lived off that cash for more than thirteen years, but it was almost gone. I had a meeting that afternoon to determine exactly how gone. Once a year, the man who managed the money, an unblinking, pink-cheeked banker named Jim Jeffries, insisted on taking me to lunch. A checkup, he called it. We'd eat something in the $20 range and talk about my life. He'd known me since I was this high, after all. <laughs> As for me, I knew almost nothing about Jim Jeffries, and never asked viewing the appointments always from the same kid's eye view. Be polite, but barely, and get it over with. Single word answers, tired sighs. The one thing I suspected about Jim Jeffries was that he must be Christian, churchy. He had the patience and optimism of someone who thought Jesus was watching. I wasn't due for a checkup for another eight or nine months, But Jim Jeffries had nagged, leaving phone messages in a serious, hushed voice, saying he'd done all he could to extend the life of the fund, but it was time to think about next steps. And here again came the meanness. I immediately thought about that other little tabloid girl, Jamie something, who lost her family the same year, 1985. She'd had part of her face burned off in a fire her dad set that killed everyone else in her family. Anytime I hit the ATM, I think of that Jamie girl, and how, if she hadn't stolen my thunder, I'd have twice as much money. That Jamie whatever was out at some mall with my cash, buying fancy handbags and jewelry and buttery department store makeup to smooth onto her shiny, scarred face, which was a horrible thing to think, of course. I at least knew that. Finally, finally... Finally, I pulled myself out of bed with a stage-effect groan and wandered to the front of my house. I rent a small brick bungalow within a loop of other small brick bungalows, all of which squat on a massive bluff overlooking the former stockyards of Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas. There's a difference. My neighborhood doesn't even have a name, it's so forgotten. It's called Over There That Way, a weird subprime area full of dead ends and dog crap. The other bungalows are packed with old people who've lived in them since they were built. The old people sit, gray and pudding-like, behind screen windows, peering out at all hours. Sometimes they walk to their cars on careful, elderly tiptoes that make me feel guilty, like I should go help. But they wouldn't like that. They are not friendly old people. They are tight-lipped, pissed-off old people who do not appreciate me being their neighbor, this new person. The whole area hums with their disapproval. So there's the noise of their disdain, and there's a skinny red dog two doors down who barks all day and howls all night, the constant background noise you don't realize is driving you crazy until it stops just a few blessed moments and then starts up again. The neighborhood's only cheerful sound I usually sleep through. The morning coos of toddlers. A troop of them, round-faced and multi-layered, walk to some daycare hidden even farther in the rat's nest of streets behind me, each clutching a section of a long piece of rope trailed by a grown-up. They march penguin-style past my house every morning, 
but I have not once seen them return. For all I know, they trottle around the entire world and return in time to pass my window again in the morning. Whatever the story, I am attached to them. There are three girls and a boy, all with a fondness for bright red jackets. And when I don't see them, when I oversleep, I actually feel blue. Bluer. That'd be the word my mom would use, not something as dramatic as depressed. I've had the blues for 24 years. I put on a skirt and blouse for the meeting, feeling dwarfy, my grown-up big girl clothes never quite fitting. I'm barely five foot, four foot ten inches in truth, but I round up. Sue me. I'm 31, but people tend to talk to me in sing-song like they want to give me finger paints. I headed down my weedy front slope, the neighbor's red dog launching into its busy body barking.